Thank you guys tonight. What a great job. Praise God. Let's give them some love here. I want you to take your Bibles with me, and we're going to go over to 1 Peter, uh, the first chapter. And as you're turning there, a couple of quick announcements. The ladies are going on a day trip this Friday, the 23rd. The sign-up is in the back. All the details of what time you're leaving is back there. They're going to a pink conference. Uh, not a purple, not a yellow, but a pink conference. And so, ladies, you know what that means. Also, uh, annual business meeting for all of our voting members. Uh, that's going to be Sunday night at 5 o'clock. So come on out and uh, voting members and be a part of that. Uh, men's prayer breakfast and church grounds clean. That ought to get all of our men up early that Saturday morning, and that's going to be on March the 2nd. So we could use your help. We're going to feed you first, have a little devotion, but that's going to be on March the 2nd. Amen. Take your Bibles with me now, and let's go over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter tonight, and we're going to look at this uh, first few verses here. Father, we just want to love you and praise you and thank you, Lord God. Lord, we just ask tonight that you would bring such a empowering, Lord God, through your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would cause us to see through a lens that maybe we haven't seen through before. And Lord, we, just, we know that's revelation. So Lord, we're just asking for revelation tonight pertaining to this passage of Scripture. And everybody said, Amen. <clears throat> Amen. First Peter, uh, the 13th verse and the 16th verse. Now, let me just preface this here. Peter has sent a letter out to several of the churches. And in there, he includes the fact that, look, you're called of God, you're chosen of God, but not only that, there's a lot of trials that you're going to face. And you see that in the language that he's speaking there. And then he kind of brings them in and says, okay, we're going we're to harness our thoughts. We're going to gather our thoughts here. And so we're going to bring our thoughts into line with the Lord. But I want you to notice there, and therefore gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, captivate your thoughts. Get a hold of your thoughts there. Be sober. And rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. At verse 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Be holy, for I am holy. Now, Peter is quoting Leviticus. And as you read the Word of God, and we've done the, many of you have done the 90-day chronological challenge, and how many's finished? I know we're just halfway. Some of you are, I finished in 45 days in one translation, and I moved over to another translation and so I started back over, because I, and, and I read different translations because I want to see what stands out. And as I was reading, of course, I just finished up Leviticus, and the Lord had laid this upon my heart already, but as I was reading through Leviticus, I was seeing who Peter was quoting. He was quoting uh, the book of Leviticus written by Moses, but he, he quoted uh, Leviticus 11, 45 and, and for, 11, 44 and 45. For I am the Lord your God, you shall therefore consecrate yourself, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Never shall you, neither shall you defile yourself with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That ought to be a message to teenage daughters. 
Can I get a witness? Amen. Verse 45, for I am the Lord who brings you out of the land of Egypt to, bring, to be your God. I brought you out of the land of Egypt for what purpose? To be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. But the Lord just doesn't say it in that verse, those two verses there in Leviticus 19. So there's a theme rolling here. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Well, you look at verse 26 of the 20th chapter of Leviticus. And you shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the people, that you shall be mine. Be you holy, for I am holy. Now, so we look at that. I want us to see something here. Let me, find my, let me find my place here. Be holy, for I am holy. Now, when we hear that, it's almost ominous, isn't it? It's almost foreboding, kind of threatening. It's like, this is unobtainable, unreachable. How is this ever going to happen? Be holy, for he is holy. Do you know how holy God is? He's a holy God. He's a holy, holy God. He's, he's he, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, not a spirit, the Holy Spirit. He's holy. He, he defines it because that's who he is. He's holy. It, it brings us, the very statement itself, does it not bring us to the sobering question? Am I holy? Does it have the same effect on you as it does on me? When you look at that passage, you're just like, Am I holy? Because without holiness, no man shall see God. It's, it's, it, there's, there's something there. Be holy, for I am holy. But let's look at the definition of holy. Now, the Hebrew definition of holy is this. It is sacred, it's holy, but it's more than that. It is sacredness. The word is kadash. It is apartness. A partness. Totally separated from. But in the Greek, the word means holy, sacred. It means to set apart by God and set apart for God. So, be ye, be you, be holy. Be set apart by God. Be set apart for God. You're called to a partners. Let's keep going. Let's look here. Because I think maybe if we begin to see this in the context and what the Lord intends, it'll bring a different frame of reference for us and it'll bring a different empowering to us when we see what the Lord has done. This word in the Greek, holy, hagios, it means different, means you're unlike. You're unlike anybody else, Brian. You're different. 
brought a card for a friend of mine for his birthday, and on the front of it, it said, whatever they made you, they broke the mold. And you open it up, and it says, and the rumor has it, they beat the dog out of the mold maker. <laughs> Different. We are unlike. Otherness. I like how they put those. That's, that's the definition there of holy. It means you are different. It means you're meant to be otherness. It means the likeness of the nature with the Lord. And that is different from the world. Did you get that? Or is it starting to help you a little bit? Taking some of the threat out of it? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm called to be different. I'm called to be separate. I'm called to be uh, something other than what the world says that I am. At the fundamental core, it is different. Thus, just like the temple. See, God called a people out of the nations. We've got the table of nations there in Genesis 10. And in Genesis 10, you've got 70, some say 72 nations. Got a whole message I'm working on in that. But just walk with me just for a minute. And now the nations are, are corrupt. They are, they are despondent. You've got the, the Nephilim running wild. You've got the craziness, wickedness, just like what happened before the flood is happening after the flood. And so you've got all this chaos in the land. And the Lord says, I'm, I'm just going to raise up. I'm going to raise up a man named Abraham. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring a holy people out of this one man. I'm going to bring a different. They're going to be different than all the other nations in the world. In fact, I'm going to bring them in. I'm going to have a holy nation. I'm going to have a holy nation. In fact, the Lord's intent was to have a whole nation of priests. That was a little bit much for them to bear, but that's what the Lord's desire was, to have a whole nation of priests. But now he, he brings them out, and, and so he, he wants to bring them in a little closer to himself. And so he creates a temple. He creates something different, as we've talked about in here. It was worth billions of dollars. It was, it was the most expensive building ever created on earth. It was made out of so much gold, so much silver. It was different than any other temple that was made in that time or since. It was meant to bring about the understanding of different. They didn't worship. In fact, God said, I'm going to give you a holy set of laws. And these holy set of laws are going to distinguish you from the other nations that are around you. You're not going to sacrifice your children like these other gods are demanding them to do. You are different. You're not like they are. In fact, you are, you are going to be so much different than them, it's going to be bizarre to them. So he brings them out, but he said, now, now it's not just the laws and not just the temple, but now I've got, I've got the Levites set aside as the priesthood. And ultimately, the Lord says, I'm going to bring forth high priest. I'm bringing you in closer and closer and closer because that high priest is, is going to represent someone that's coming, that's going to bring all the nations back to himself. It calls a holiness that will be able to be obtained by, by those that will accept his sacrifice. But you look here, it goes further in the, further in the definition. See, the, the temple was, was different. It was meant to be holy. It was the, the, the opulence of it was the, the awe of it. When they walked in, they were supposed to invoke an emotion. You know, how many of you enjoy remodeling? How many enjoy watching remodeling? 
You know, but you, you go in, you decorate your house. What are you, what are you trying to do? You're trying to evoke an emotion. Are you not? It's, it's we have yet to purchase a house that wasn't based on emotion. In other words, we walked in, and it wasn't what the house looked like. It's what we envisioned it could look like. Because everything needs to be remodeled. Everything's got to be fixed, even if it's not broken. So, but you walk in, and you look at that, and you purchase that house, and you decorate that house in your particular style because it evokes an emotion that brings you rest and brings you comfort. Your house is supposed to be a place of comfort. And so you, you, you put it according to your style. Some of you are minimalist. All the clutter makes you nervous. That doesn't give you rest. Others of you are eclectic. You like a lot of stuff everywhere. Some of you like the country style. Some of you are more modern style. There's, there's all kinds of different styles, but they evoke emotions uh, that, that you want to feel in your home of rest. But when you walk into the temple, it was meant to evoke an emotion. A motion of awe and reverence before the Lord, of holiness, like you're stepping into a place. And it most certainly evoked an emotion because just behind the veil, the Lord was there as his seat there on the mercy seat. Mm. So we look here, and what we see is that in we talk about holy. We gotta we gotta frame it as the word of God defines it. And that is being Separated from and set apart to. Separated from sin and set apart to your relationship with God. Separated from sin, you're, you're not as the world was. You, might, you were in the world and you fulfilled the lusts of the world. But now you're not of the world anymore because your nature's been changed. You've gone from being a part of the world, now you're, you're looking for a home that you haven't seen yet. You, your eyes are fixed upon eternity. You, you're realizing that, hey, this world is really is not my home. I'm only passing through. All of a sudden, the eyewear begins to change. You start seeing things uh, through eternal vision. You start behaving because you know that one day you're going to bow before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You understand when you bring children into the world that they are eternal beings and that they will never, ever, ever, never cease to exist. They will always be in existence. And you know you cannot make their choices, but you as a mother and father, you can most definitely influence their choices. And you're, gonna, you're not just committing yourselves. We committed all three of our children, dedicated them to the Lord. But what we were, what we were doing was dedicating our ourselves to say, Lord, we commit ourselves to you wholly because we are going to raise our children in the house of the Lord. We're going to do everything conceivable within us to bring our children up in the knowledge and the understanding of God because we understand because our eyes have been opened to eternity, they are eternal and they must, they must have an opportunity to choose the right path in order that their eternity may be secure. So it was serious business in our house. It never was a question, are you going to church today, honey? No, it's get up. It's time to go. Let's go. Move it. Don't shout me down. Okay. Why? Because there was something 
different inside of us because we were set apart from and set apart to. Child of God, you are separated from the world and you are set apart to the Lord. The technical meaning is different from the world because we are like the Lord. <laughs> we're different from the world because we're like the Lord. We are not above our master. We're not above the Lord. If they threw rocks at him, what do you think they're going to do to us? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like we expect something different. Are we above the Lord? No. They talked ugly about him. What do you think they're going to do about us? They called his good evil. And, and he called, now today the world calls good evil and the evil good. So as we look here, we have before us this statement that the Lord clarifies. Be holy. Be holy. Be holy. See the, the beautiful part of it. See if the Lord just left us there. Be holy. We're we're dead in the water, Brian. There's nowhere to go. We're we're dead ducks, Mike. Larry was close the door and, and shut the lights down and just give it all away, because there's nothing we can do. Be holy. <laughs> Never going to happen. <laughs> you know I might out holy one, but I can't out holy all. Amen. How am I going to get this done? It's in the passage. It's in the passage. Be holy. Be holy. Okay, y'all go be holy. Get on. Get out and go be holy. Be holy for I am holy. You're like me. He didn't say strive, work it out, get busy. He said, be, be, be. We are human beings. We're, we're human beings. We are, you know, you are children of God. You are holy beings. I can't be a dog. Why? Because I'm a human being. <laughs> I can't be a cat. Meow. <laughs> Why? Because I'm a human being. I can't be a chicken. I can do a good cow too. But I'm not a cow. Why? Because I'm a human being. I can't be what I'm not. I gotta be what I am. Uh -huh. Oh, Penny's going to drop in a minute. Somebody's going to get it, and it's going to get it good at heart, I hope. Because uh, be holy, separated from, set apart to, for what reason and what power and what empowerment? You're going to be holy because I am holy, and I'm the one living on the inside of you, and you're holy because I'm holy. Folks, we got to get to the place of understanding where we stop thriving and striving after being what God has already made us to be and start being what God has already made us to be. 
Our behavior comes from our being. But as he has called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Hear me. My behavior is not producing my holiness. My behavior is proving my holiness. Did y'all get that? You behave what you believe. You behave what you believe. And when you begin to believe, your behavior begins to follow. Now, there's a saying picked up by the world. I hear it all the time. Don't judge me. I should, we should coin this phrase. If you don't, stop fruiting me. See, because the Bible said you're going to know them because of their fruit. Quit throwing your fruit at me and I'll quit judging you. If you don't want to be judged according to what you're doing, stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> That's not judgment. That's just rationale. Observation. That's an apple tree. No, it's not. It's an orange. No, it's an apple tree. Prove it. That's an apple. It's not an orange. How do you? You're so judgy. Oh, Emma. <laughs> Well, call it what you want. In my book, it's an apple. Are you hearing me? That's not judging. You're throwing the fruit out there. I'm just taking a bite of what it is. Amen. You're just showing who you are by what you're doing. And we know that to be true because the Bible tells us you will know them by their fruits. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why do you think the interrogation that the police have come up with and they shine that light down and they sit you in that room and, and they ask you the same questions over and over and over and over and over and over again? You're like, I give you the answer, I give you the answer, I give you the answer. Because they know if there's something not right, something's going to come out. Because eventually if you get them talking long enough, whatever's in their heart's going to start coming out their mouth. That's why a lot of times folks are a little guarded about their conversation because they don't want to get too close to somebody because if I get too close to somebody, then they're going to figure out who I am and who I not am. And now all of the, how are you going to discover that? By the words that they speak. Is this okay? doesn't matter. I'm going to preach it anyway. But <clears throat> be holy. I behave what I believe. And I live I live the gospel, I believe. I live the gospel, I believe. You'll get the, you'll get the gospel you preach. I want it all. Amen? I want a complete healing. I want a complete deliverance. I want a complete salvation. I want an eternity that I am, that, that I'm secure, that I'm not questioning whether or not I'm going to make it in or whether I'm not going to make it in. In fact, when you lay me down to rest, I don't want you to question where I'm going. 
I don't want my family to have any doubt where, where Pops is headed. I want them to know of certainty where I'm going because they watched the life that I lived. Amen? Is that, that's not too much to ask from me. It's not too much to ask from you. Amen? The church. For people to know who you are. Folks, let me tell you, don't take it for granted. They know you're a Christian on your workplace. You might need to tell them. Amen? Don't just assume that this silent witness program is going to work. You're going to win them by the words that you speak, by opening your mouth and expressing the thoughts that God has given you. So, as we look here, it's going to get even better. See, the Lord tells us even in, in Leviticus there, he said, be, hold, be, be holy, be separated, be set apart. Be separated and be set apart. Be holy in your conduct. When you're separated and set, set apart, you're different from the world because you're like God because God lives inside of you. See, we were, we were faulty. That's what the law was there to show us, that you cannot fulfill the obligation of the law to the full degree because your nature is destroyed. You started out with a flawed internal system to ever make an eternal impact. So there's nothing you could do to merit and see, as soon as you come to the kingdom of God, that's the first thing religion and Satan wants you to do. They want you to earn this thing and keep earning it instead of being holy, separate, and set apart. Folks, this is not liberalism that I'm preaching. This will out-holy the holiest because you understand the source that, that when the Lord separated me from sin through his sacrifice and changing my nature, I don't want that. And if maybe I lingered close to the border when I, was, when I came into the kingdom of God, but the further I get in the Lord, the, the, the less and less those desires were. And they're so far gone, they're irksome to me now. I, don't, I had cravings, but I don't have those cravings anymore. I, I don't believe in a, in a program gospel that you do one step through 1 and 37, and then you get to where you need to be. I believe you can be holy and totally delivered and set free from the power of sin and not live under the tyranny of that lie, and now you can walk in freedom of the Lord God Almighty because you are holy because He is holy. Now, this is, he tells us here in Leviticus, Again, Leviticus 20 and 7 and 8. Consecrate yourself. Be holy because I, the Lord your God, I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I'm the Lord who makes you holy. I'm the Lord who makes you holy. Leviticus 21 and 8. I who make you holy. Leviticus 21 and 15, I am the Lord who makes him holy. Leviticus 21 and 23, I am the Lord who makes them holy. Who makes you holy? The Lord. The Lord makes you holy. So this word came to me last Saturday while we were in prayer meeting. We're praying along, God's moving as God does, and it was beautiful, and and just out of the blue, it's so many times when you're praying, sometimes the words themselves will become a revelation. You're like, 
wow, wow. And I spoke those words, Lord, you said, be holy for I am holy. And the Lord said, son, this is not a threat. It's an invitation. Now you have the ability, Stacy, and the right to be separated from and set apart to. Because of what he has done, now you have the, oh, God, give it to them. Give it to them, and the Lord is abundant as much as they can take. The Lord is saying to you this hour, when he said, be ye holy, it's not a threat. It's not ominous. It's not foreboding. It is an invitation for you to live the life he has intended for you to live, separated from and set apart to God. It's an invitation because he has led the way. He has come from glory. He came down. We saw him in the garden interceding. He went to Golgotha's hill and was sacrificed. They laid him in the grave and he rose again on that third day. He didn't stay in the grave. There's no religion in the world that can boast about their deity ever resurrecting from the dead or making its own sacrifice. It was our God Almighty that created a system that was separate from all of the world and all all of the world. It's going to be so much different, guys. They're not even going to fathom what's about to take place. In fact, it's so blinded their eyes, they're going to think they're fulfilling their own will, and it's going to be the will of the Father. And so the Lord Jesus comes, and now he is the very living being. He is God, and he's walking as a human, living as a human. And when he's walking on the face of the earth, he's going to read, the Father is redeeming, reconciling humanity to himself by himself in the Lord Jesus Christ and became the high priest of our faith and the sacrifice of our faith. And he, is the, he is the very one. Remember I told you that he took a nation and made them holy, but it, i got to bring you in a little closer. i give you some laws to keep you, keep you on the straight and narrow because there's a covenant coming that's going to be bigger than any covenant that's ever been covenanted. And so he brings them in and closer. i got a whole tribe. There's 12 tribes. I wanted a nation, but I'll settle for a tribe. I'm going to bring them in a cl- little closer with the tribe of Levi. Oh, but, but i got to bring them in just a little bit closer. I'm bringing them in closer with the high priest. And that high priest is going to represent uh, uh, the high priest that's going to come one day. And he's going to offer the sacrifice, which is himself. No one was more separated from sin because Jesus did not have a sin nature. He was God. Was. He is God. He was and is and will be. He's always God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But this is what the Lord spoke to me in the midst of a beautiful prayer meeting. He said, because I have done that, now you can be separated from and set apart to. I didn't have the right before. I didn't have the privilege before. But now I can be holy. I don't have to strive to be holy. Get this in your spirit. Morality does not produce righteousness. Holiness, sanctification. But righteousness will always produce morality. 
See, it's the being that God's interested in. Once you get the the holy in you, then holiness starts working through you. Got time for another definition? Thank you. Those two people. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one shall see God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. But God did not call us, listen, to uncleanness, but in holiness. That word holiness, holy is an adjective, both in Hebrew and Greek. Holiness is a noun. But it is the process of making or becoming holy. Set apart. Sanctified. Use the use of the believer being transformed by the Lord into his likeness and similarity of his nature. So we get to think holiness. Let me read this discourse and we're going to, this passage, we're going to close. This is the church at Ephesus, chapter 4. Is this helping anybody tonight? Chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the fertility of your mind, having your understanding darkened, being alienated. See, they're in the world. They're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. They can't perceive why Holy people act holy, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness and with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him, those who have ears to hear, those who have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus... He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. There's no other sacrifice that is acceptable other than the sacrifice that he made 2,000 years ago. That you put off, notice this, your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be you renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, your thought processes are going to begin to change. Why? Because you have changed. That you put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I just can't help but be separated from and set apart too if I renew my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Stop striving to be holy and just be holy. Stop striving to be what he already is. And now he lives inside of you. And see, what Paul is referring to when you clothe yourself, he's not saying that it is an act of, of works. He's saying you're putting on a new mindset. 
you're putting on a new set of clothes. You heard the old saying, the, the clothes makes the man dress for success. What I'm telling you is dress your thoughts for success. Be holy. Some of you are struggling because holiness to you is 27 do's and 4,000 don'ts. Holy, according to the definition of the Word of God, is to be different from the world because you're like God. You're separated from sin because of His sacrifice. And now you've been set apart to the Lord. How is that even conceivable? Because there's somebody living on the inside of you. And I have faith in what he's done. So when we lay hands on the sick, it's his holiness. When we witness to the lost, it's his presence, his holiness. When we, we walk and we say, why are we going to lay our crowns at his feet? Because it all belongs to him anyway. <laughs> Every good gift, Kunle, comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. It's, if it's good, it's, it's God. Amen. It come down from him and we're going to give it back to him because it belongs to him. And we're going to do, do it with such joy. I just want to have a crown so big that I can't even carry it in. I want this church to have crowns. It's like, all oh, y'all done your displays, but wait a minute, Crossroads is walking in the building. <laughs> we, ought, we ought to come up with a dance, shouldn't we? An intro dance or something. I don't know. We'll get the choreograph. We'll practice before we go in, okay? <laughs> we all make it in the rapture. Let's, let's meet before the gate. Let's get a practice dance, Okay. Like in the football games, you know, the rugby players, they got the whole, we'll get them, we'll, we'll mess them all up, all right? You know what we'll be doing. Oh, God, I'm glad I made it in. And we'll just crawl in, blubbering and crying. But imagine if we had a crown to give the king because we believed we are holy because he's holy. And we started living like that. We actually believed in the being he's made us to be. My God, what I question is love. What I question is security. What I question is my worth in Him. Oh, I might think what I'm doing is important. I might think what I'm living is important. I might think that my impact on others is eternal because I keep pointing them to Him. God, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the empowerment of holiness. Thank you, Lord, that you have, we didn't choose you. You chose us. Same words you spoke to Jeremiah, you're speaking to those in this house tonight. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you. There are voices to nations in this room tonight. Listen to me. Listen to me. There are voices to nations in this room tonight. You have been ordained by God. What you need to do is surrender. There are those of you 
in this place tonight. I want to say everybody in this room. But there's some that are going to listen. They're going to receive. You have a call upon your life. God has appointed you for this hour. He's not looking at your age. He's not looking at your abilities. He's looking at his call he's placed on you. And all he's asking you to do is be separated from and set apart to. Because he has made the way. He has given you the way. All he's asking you to do is just believe. Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. And Lord, help us to be brave enough to believe. To believe what your word says about us. And to believe what you believe about us. Because you believe in your son in us. Thank you that you have separated us from and you have set us apart to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would y'all like one more fun word and I'll quit, I promise. Thank you. Grace, I love you. We are bespoke. Bespoke. I know many of you are familiar with that word. It's a good old British word. Made for a particular person for a particular purpose. That's what bespoke means. Made for a particular person for a particular purpose. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He has, you are his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I have so much more, and you have, I'm not going to blame it on you. I'm just going to close. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You're bespoke. <laughs> You're made for a particular person for a particular purpose. Who am I talking about? The Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's pray tonight as we stand. We're going to pray for the porters tonight. There's our missionary highlight. These folks have been in France for several years. Uh, France is a somewhat difficult place to minister and to reach those of the gospel. But they have a, a, a ministry. The, they have a magazine that they produce. They try to take the literature and, and spread that throughout France in order to reach those for the kingdom of God. And I want to, us to pray for them. They also minister in several other congregations uh, in France. But let's pray for the porters tonight, David and Phyllis, and they work with uh, Network 211, a tremendously uh, powerful, effective ministry there. So let's go to the Lord right now and ask God for, for souls in France. God, we just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the porters. Thank you, Lord, that they've answered the call. I thank you, Lord, that they have fulfilled the assignment, Lord, that upon their life. And I just ask God tonight that you would bless them in a new way. I pray, God, that you would strengthen them. Lord, they have sown many a seed, Lord God, in that country. Let them begin to see fruit, Lord, begin to come forth in that in that country, Lord God, like they've never even began to imagine. Lord, let them tap into your imagination, and Lord, go beyond what they could ask or think. 
And Lord, I just pray that the kingdom, Lord, will be furthered, that the churches will be strengthened, your spirit would pour out in the country of France. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Amen. Gentlemen are at the back to receive your, your missions offering. God bless you. Uh, remember, Sunday is going to be water baptism, so come expecting. And uh, see you here Saturday morning uh, at uh, 8.30, and we're still looking for that 100 in attendance. So be one of the ones. Amen? Let's go. God bless you. You are dismissed tonight.